The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. How are you now? We're going to do this every week? Yeah. No, we're not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and David McGraw. What up? And this week, we are going to talk about a pretty newsworthy week in Suns basketball. We'll talk a bit about Josh Jackson, Woj's comments on the Suns front office, uh, a new guy on the team. After that, we'll get into some game recaps and talk about the upcoming games. Follow us on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. So we'll start things off with a busy week in Phoenix, and it oddly enough, we get a win, and then everything seems to crumble down a little bit. We're going to start off with Josh Jackson, though, and... This happened pretty early last week, so we've all heard about it. But he missed an autograph signing that was at a Fry's grocery store. Didn't seem like it was put out there early enough that he would be missing it. So it seems like there's a lot of disappointed fans right now. And let's just talk about how we feel about it. Well, so this was weird because there's some layers to this. Josh Jackson doesn't show up says that he had to rush over to his mom's house but then you see on instagram that he was at a friend's birthday party which that got taken down i don't know the birthday party could have been at the mom's house i don't really know but instead james jones goes over to the fries and starts buying people like cases of beer which is also problematic i suppose (laughs) but at least James Jones went and did something. And I was listening to the starters, and I thought what they said was funny. Whose autograph would you rather have, Josh Jackson or James Jones? Uh, I don't know. James Jones has won some championships. so. But people signed up. They didn't sign up, but they were there expecting to see Josh Jackson. So it's not a good look. Then the aftermath of this is he gets fined, and he didn't start the last two games. Josh Jackson says it's team policy that when these fines and things happen, they don't come out to the public, but I've never heard that, so he was a little bit upset. Overall, I really don't think this is that big of a deal, though. He's a young player. He skipped an autograph session. They do all kinds of stuff like this. So one time, I don't know. It it doesn't bother me. I think it's really dumb. I don't think that I don't think it's like the end of the world. I don't think it's the end of the organization. I don't think it's the end of Josh Jackson. These guys are dumb millionaires that are way too young and don't know what they're doing and don't think about it. And that's kind of just where it's at. It was really dumb. It's a really bad look. It doesn't help necessarily his look. A lot of people, you know, still think of him for beating up a car at Kansas and you know, things like that. So this just doesn't really, really help the, like, kind of public image of him. 
but you know people are gonna think what they're gonna think you can say it it's not a big deal i don't think well it let me rephrase that it's not like we need to cut him big deal it is a bad look and you if you're gonna do those kind of things and try and get out of it you probably shouldn't post it on instagram of you at a party because that's pretty stupid yeah, that that was pretty silly. And you know, at twenty two, was I doing stupid stuff? Absolutely. Uh, at my current age, am I still doing stupid stuff? Yep, absolutely. We all do. We all do. Yeah. So you got to give him a pass for that. But here's where my gripe stands. I suppose this is a guy who has huge fan support in Phoenix on social media. Before this happened, everybody loved Josh Jackson. They were willing to accept that he wasn't performing to a number four pick standard. And we were cool with it. We were we were along for the ride. We thought he would grow as a player over the years, and maybe he shows signs of that every once in a while. But now that we've seen him struggle a bit on the court lately, yeah, he's had a few nice games as of late, but the entire season as a whole, nothing special out of Josh. I think he can't afford to be doing things like this and giving himself a bad name amongst the fans. It's what what happens next if the fans don't love him and the fans don't care if he gets traded. You know, front offices think of that a little bit. It'd be hard to trade a fan favorite guy, but now that he's skipped a meeting or his obligations or whatever, maybe that makes it a little easier to do next year. That's true. The other thing I think about this, well, there's a couple things. One, it's probably a good thing he plays for the Suns because if he played in a larger market or for a good team and this happened, it would be a much bigger deal. But because he plays for us, I mean, maybe not Orlando. I guess this could happen in Orlando or, I don't know, not the Knicks. Maybe Cleveland. I don't know. But people don't care as much. But... The other thing is we have a lot of wings. We know that. We know that we're going to be looking to make some trades, make some moves in the offseason. I've been saying for a while now, I think one of our wings, whether that be Jackson, probably not Bridges, but he's one of the wings, so Bridges, or Ubre, one of those guys, TJ, one of our wings I think will be moved this offseason because it's just what we have. And these guys need to be doing everything they can if they want to stay on this team. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about losing fan support or giving the organization a bad look or giving yourself a bad look with the organization. That makes it a lot easier to get rid of a guy. if you Well, he's not performing, and maybe he is here or there, but, you know, it's just easier to kind of tra- him be the, have him be the guy that gets traded. And I mean, that makes it way easier. And, Right, well, and think about that list of guys I just named. Who's most likely to get moved? It's Josh Jackson. He has the highest potential, the most potential of those guys. Arguably, I guess. On his rookie deal. On his rookie deal, still. I mean, people at least kind of know who he is. Like, Bridges. People know Bridges, but he's like a 3 and D guy. It, It goes back to that potential, so... I don't know. I, I'm just thinking Josh Jackson could very likely be moved this offseason, and I don't think people would be sad. Maybe some would be sad, but I don't think many of us would be all that surprised. Right. 
Okay, so the Suns win a game, like I said earlier, and it seems like the world starts to fall apart a little bit. And this was coming from ESPN. Woj gets on, and he says this. This is an organization that is in a spiral in almost every way. Sarver has not seemed to learn a lot of lessons throughout the years about his management style. His hands-on nature and his ability to put an infrastructure in place and allow it to build an organization. So, that's a pretty eloquent way of trashing the Suns like we have been as fans <laughs> for a long time. But, yeah, we all agree with it. And I'm not going to lie, I was happy to see this get blasted on cable television, on ESPN. I, I'm happy it happened. And right after this, it seems like some pieces started to fall a little bit. So, after that, we hear... The Phoenix Suns have begun a search for a new general manager. And this could be someone who works with James Jones. We don't know if this is going to happen this year yet or what the situation is, but it sounded like Sarver was interested in bringing in some help for Jones. And then after that, we hear some crazy stuff about coaching. All right, is Igor going to get fired? That was a that came from Gambo the day before all of this, I believe. And then we later heard that James Jones said, no, Igor's going to be on the team for at least the rest of the season. So all of this is going on. It seems like the Suns took a shot publicly, and they were like, oh, man, we got to scatter and make ourselves, we got to look like we're holding ourselves accountable for something. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm just glad we only waited seven months to start the search for a new GM. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that firing was so prompt and quick when we got rid of McDonough, and you know, I'm I'm glad we slow played this. It's really worked out well this season. Plus, you know, what sounds like a better look than threatening to fire a guy that you know just got hired, seemed to be one of the only guys that gave Phoenix a chance with Sarver there, and uh, you know, talks about Phoenix as like a home. Let's threaten to fire him. That seems like a good idea after he hasn't even finished a season. That's terrible. Or not threatened to. I got to say, do we even know if this was even a real talk? Or was this just a gambo piece where maybe he's hoping for some retweets or some listens? I mean, maybe. you, you never know, but normally when Gambo is talking about the Suns, if it was wrong, he just deletes it so you can't find it anywhere. So yeah. That's true. So there's that. And it w- I don't know if Gambo... It's a whole mess. But regardless, like, that should never have even been floated out by Gambo whatever if him and Sarver are so buddy-buddy. Like, No kidding. This is a team who's gone through how many coaches in the last few years? Five. Five coaches. And if we fire Igor right now... Is anybody with any sort of experience in the NBA going to want to come clean this up? Well, it's look, getting to the point where I, you can't get a proven coach here. We're already to that point. Mike Budenholzer didn't want right. to come here. And, I mean, just one more. If Igor goes, we look even worse. Right. We cannot fire Igor. I don't you think can't, any of this is on Igor either. No, you, you can't fire him, and you also can't even float out there. You can't have wording like, at least the rest of this year. Like, that is not wording that you can ever throw out there. I don't care who you are. 
yeah, you, what we needed to hear was even if it is just like pure PR for the sake of yeah PR. We need to say we are committed to Igor long term and believe he has a vision for the team. You know, we've all heard these things a million times. Or even just shortly as Igor is our coach. Yeah. Leave it at that. Yeah. Okay, so the Suns, a little roster move going on here late in the season, and an interesting one. We get Ray Spaulding. He was out of Louisville, a second-round pick this year. Uh, we signed him for two years. We haven't seen him on the court yet. He's seen one minute of NBA action this year, which happened to be against the Suns earlier this year. I don't know a ton about him, but us going in and tossing a two-year contract makes me think there's some sort of high hope for this guy. Who knows? I mean, maybe maybe we saw him play in one minute of action. and It's uh, like Lakers approach where Tyson Chandler has his only good game against the Lakers and same with Mike Muscala, and so they have to like run out and get him immediately. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this, this is strange. Uh, you know, maybe we are actually scouting people or maybe we uh, aren't at all, and this is kind of just a random who knows. He was a second-round pick. He got cut. Maybe he can be something. Well, and this is one of those situations. We've had a couple of these in the past couple years, and it's just where the deal is guaranteed for the rest of this season. So we have, like, 19 games left, and then a partial guarantee for next season. So even though it's a two-year deal, that's a little bit deceiving. It technically is. We did that with the guard last year, didn't we? We did that with Shaq. Shaq. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There so, we, go. we did it with yeah, Derek Jones Jr. the year before. Right. It's just another one of those situations. So are you saying maybe we should hold on to Ray Spaulding if we give him this deal that we gave to Jones Jr. and Shaq Harris? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it means that he'll, he'll get cut before the season next year and no one will remember. And then right. find a place somewhere and play decent. Okay, minutes. but has Shaq <laughs> really been playing decent minutes and has he been any good? For a good chunk of the year, he was. I, I know he started numerous games for the Bulls. They they were just in a, a carousel of point guards similar to us, but right. they were actually trying. Mm. So they had that Ryan. RGD Akinow. Yep. Him, they had Campaign, Harrison, they had Euless for a minute too. That's right. They've yeah, been, Chris yeah, Dunn they, was hurt for so long that they've just. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they've gone through some point guards for sure. And yeah, you you mentioned the draft, and this is something that also got brought up this week that we weren't even going to talk about. But what do you guys think about us not hardly sending any scouts to go scout players, and then some weird quote where we're not sitting in the twenty fifth row, we're in the fifth row, and there's just a few of us. It seems so weird. It seems like making excuses for not putting out a strong scouting effort when you know we're going to be in the top five. Well, there's a couple things on this. One, James Jones has mentioned a few times now that he's very interested in making moves, you know, if it's still his decision, obviously, in making moves rather than focusing on the draft. He said a couple times, we have enough young players. We need to find guys who actually can play basketball and aren't young 19 20 year olds who were looking at their potential so he has said that the other thing that he has said is that 
he's more interested in watching how guys practice rather than games because you can get game film like very easily just from ESPN or on TV. It's so accessible nowadays that he would rather watch practice just to see how like guys work ethic and that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering if maybe that's what we're doing and it's just not getting noticed. Like, maybe we're not at the games, but we're at the practices. I don't know. Can pro scouts be at practices? I think so. Round? I, I, I don't know how, it, know works. how it works for sure. I don't think, I think, I don't think you can really be at practices, but I don't, I don't you know. Can. I know that there is some things to like, um, being, being able to just see highlights or see everything on ESPN, but that's also how you get some of the people who frequent uh, Reddit NBA subs and have no idea what they're talking about. Well, but I'm not saying highlights. They're watching full games. I know, I know. I'm just saying that, like, watching the full games and watching them through ESPN is still different. You get a different feel for it. You can... I think it's... I think it's different enough, and I think that there's a lot of kind of excuses for why we're not doing things. It's, I mean, this, I, I will argue a little bit with you on this because it, it is different. I get that it's different in person, but I've talked to like scouting departments and they use that tape so much just because it is so accessible and so easy. Like that's just what they're doing, Yeah. you know? Here's another and, thing about the whole scouting issue though. Yeah, we're slotted in for an early pick, hopefully first or second. But if we don't get that, if we happen to trade back, what if we get a 15th pick in return? It's not like we're going to turn down a, a pick like that. We, we, we have to be well invested into the draft. That's and true. It seems like some of these messages that we've been hearing seems like maybe we're not all the way in like every other NBA team is. And if that's true, that's outrageous. It is. Yeah, and I mean, you need... You need to be able to because, yeah, you you want someone that plays, but there are always guys that still play can play basketball in the draft. I know that there's all the talk of James Jones saying that, you know, guys in the draft or guys in college don't really know how to play basketball, but you still have guys come out of college that are great NBA players or good NBA players from the start. And yeah, are they working on stuff? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, Donovan Mitchell was a huge name last year, and he was – you know, a late pick in the lottery. And if you end up with a late lottery pick from a trade, like you should be trying to still get a guy of that. Like obviously Donovan Mitchell kind of blew up and not everyone was expecting that from him. But like, there's always a guy, there's always guys at the like tail end of the lottery or, you know, the middle of the first round that turn out to be really good and like play well. Like that's why you have scouts. Yeah. Well, and I'm interested to see with conference tournaments coming up and and the big dance just right around the corner, if we hear anything about us being more invested now that it's tournament season or something, or maybe, I don't know if we're keeping tabs on any European guys, but you're right, you know, we could easily make a trade that involves, you know, say we do end up with the fourth pick and we trade it and we get the 15th pick. And I do want to give a little bit of... Uh, credit to McDonough for this because he actually was pretty decent at at some of these draft picks. Like 
TJ Warren and Devin Booker. Late Lotto, yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so if we get, you know, he did, he had enough of an understanding for those kind of guys. And I am a little bit worried if, if something like that happens. So it will be interesting to see what happens there. Okay, we'll move it along, get into some game recaps in a week where the Suns went 2-1 and one after losing 17 straight games. It's almost unbelievable. I, I'm i a little bit amazed still. Two wins Pinch in Pinch me, I must week. be dreaming. Yeah, it's it's overwhelming to it win is. games like this. I don't know what to it's do. It's crazy. So we'll start off with the Heat game. This one was in Miami. Uh, it seemed like... There's a very tan Devin Booker. <laughs> yeah, you noticed that? He was looking really tan. Really, really tan. Game. He got some sun. He was enjoying that Mi- those Miami beaches. Oh, yeah. And the picture of him in D'Lo's all-star jersey out on the boat, that was pretty legit. Yeah. Was... Calm down. He's yeah. not going to play for the Nets. It was D'Lo's all-star jersey. It wasn't a Nets jersey. Yeah, they're friends. They're pals. I loved yeah. getting the Bleacher Report. A notification of Booker and D'Lo's jersey with the dumb like emoji eyes. That was pretty oh, great. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop. Okay, we'll talk about the Suns in this win though. Had some balanced scoring, especially out of the starting five. But then we had Jamal Crawford turn back the clock for this one, put in sixteen. Troy Daniels had fourteen. Just a lot of guys showing up to play, and that's what has to happen to get victories. I'm going to be really honest with you right now. It's hard to even talk about this game because I'm so excited to talk about the Lakers game. Yeah. But <laughs> we, we, we do need to talk about this. So it was nice to see Tyler Johnson have a good game against his old team, too. He had 18 points and five assists, and he, he had really been struggling with his scoring before. And we know this is a thing that he does where he'll have a couple good games here and there and then do nothing for a while. So... Yep, that was good to see. And then I got to give a shout-out to Kelly Olenek, who had a double-double in this game. (laughs) He actually played well. He he almost had 30, 28, and 10 rebounds. It was kind of cool. This game is, like, ideal for me, where Kelly just goes off, but we still win. So that was nice. And we got to see Devin Booker do the jersey swap with Dwayne Wade which was cool. And I was wrong about Booker getting shut down for the rest of the season. And he was even a game-time decision in the Pelicans and Lakers games, and he played in both of them. So I was very wrong. That was surprising, honestly. But the Heat, they did work on us with their big men. Uh, Whiteside with 29, Olenek with 28, Adebayo had 14 and 9 off the bench. That's a, that's a lot for us to handle, especially when we don't have a power forward. But uh, we pushed this one out, got the W. Yeah, it's great to see. This was a game I feel like we could have, we probably would have lost at any other time during the season. But, you know, down and we kind of come back and get into it instead of just rolling over, which is not something you can say at all for the rest of the season. Because normally when we're down, we're just gone. It's over. We're down by five. They go on a ten-point run. We just roll over, and we're it's done for. But not this game. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. Maybe that was the turning point of this season, and now we're gonna play competent basketball from yeah. here on out, huh? We're we're gonna win thirteen more games <laughs> this year. 
double our win total. If we did, if we doubled our win total, that's not going to happen. Would you be sad if we lost our high draft pick if we did that? Mm, not really. I don't know. David? I mean, we're not getting Jaw or Zion probably anyways, so. Yeah. We can't have the odds in our favor two years in a row. Ooh, I do want to say, though, Lotto. I, I like Jaw more and more every day. And I said either last week or two weeks ago that if we don't get the one pick, we should trade our pick. And I'm starting to rethink that because the more and more I see of Jaw, the more I like him. So He's if really it's not good. one or two. If it's not one or two, trade it. I like For it. sure. I like but it. I'm if it's still not one or two, on draft Rui at three. That's what Mitch is oh, really thinking. Rui's so good. Oh, boy. We're going to move on. Rui and Alec Clark. Game. Oh, Pelicans game. Watch Pelicans that St. Mary's game. game. Clark <laughs> had this alley-oop. Oh. Pelicans game. Okay, so this is a game. We put two pretty solid efforts back-to-back in this one. But this one really ran away from us when the Pelicans just, they got so hot from three, and we couldn't really hang with them. They ended up going 16 for 27 from three. That's almost 60%. And that is really tough to handle. This was kind of cool to see this game with all the Anthony Davis drama, which we don't need to recap because you've heard it in other places if you're listening to this show. So it was cool to be part of it. But the Pelicans, I don't know. They could be so good. Drew Holiday is good. And Alfred Payton, Alfred looked huge. He really did. He, like, they have a good backcourt. I miss Alfred Payton. I still love him. I don't know. I mean, the biggest... Julius Julius Randle's good. I don't know. They, I see why Anthony Davis is frustrated, because that team could be so much better. I mean, they barely had any any play together where their main five guys, when Miritich was still there, they had barely any run with all those guys playing. It was just everyone was injured and everyone kept on getting injured. So right. that's the biggest issue is, and that's been Anthony Davis's whole like story in New Orleans is his team just always being hurt. I mean, even last year, Boogie ruptured his Achilles. Yeah. Right, like just bad that, luck. It's either like training stuff or what. I mean, I as a Chargers football fan, I totally understand injury luck that is just absolutely the worst ever. So like. It's just it's tough to see, and like you can you understand why got why he's frustrated because they're just always hurt. And that makes it kind of sad to see that he burned that bridge more or less when he called for his trade, because how like Holiday said ninety percent of the reason I re-signed with the Pelicans was to play with AD stuff like that. That's a bummer. You got to remember it is a business, but when the players are making decisions like this, it gets a little crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Phoenix would welcome you with open arms, Anthony, if you're listening. He's listening. He's of listening. Of course he's listening. Yeah. We're we're ready for you. And we're also the ready. greatest thing about this game was the Booker dunk on Davis. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was absolutely incredible. I'm so happy that happened at our end of the court oh. too. So <laughs> we had a pretty nice view of it. Oh, it was great. Yeah. That, I've rewatched that a few times. Oh, yeah, quite a few. So we were all hyped up about that. Then the next night we go back to the stick and the Suns play the Lakers. And we beat the Lakers somewhat handily. I'd say we had a pretty solid grasp on the game from nearly the tip-off. Yeah. And 
We'll start from the beginning, though. DeAndre Ayton got fed, and he scored, and he got to the line. And this is one of those games where I can say, yeah, maybe he did dominate a little bit in this one. He did. He I'm had, proud of Ayton after this game. I'm, I'm just so I, happy. I think he had 18 points at halftime, 18 or 20, and he finished with 26. So we went away from him a little bit, which I didn't like. But, I mean, that first half was great. And then the other thing you got to talk about is from the start, we had DeAndre Ayton guard LeBron. And... It kind of worked. It was weird. There were, it was points a... where, there were points where Bender was guarding him and points where Rashawn Holmes was guarding LeBron, too. It was weird, but we won, so... The game plan of having our center on LeBron was very strange, and it let JaVale have, like, he was, what, 10 for 10? Yes. That was so weird. And it, Which... I mean, it was effortless. He barely had to do anything to score. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was matched up against, like, Kelly Oubre or... Or Josh you know, these, Jackson. Yeah, Josh. I mean, there was just... There was nothing that those guys could do, and it's whatever, but LeBron had a pretty pedestrian game. I mean, he didn't really... He didn't score in the second half until the middle of the fourth quarter. Right. 27 and 16. Nine, nine, boards. nine rebounds, 16 assists. Pedestrian. Pedestrian. Quotes. That, seriously, though, what does that say for the Lakers? Like, LeBron, I put up 27 points and 16 assists, and we couldn't beat the Suns. Do I need to score 40? Do I need 25 assists? Like, what? what is it? Can you blame it on the teammates? Or is this LeBron trying to do too much? I, I almost have to stick up for LeBron in this sense because he just gets dumped on. But he's, he's the best player in the league right now. And outside of... Kuz and Ingram, there's not much help there. No. Rondo. Oh my he gosh. Rondo was so for poor 10. Last oh, night. it was, was it was hard. amazing. And he kept shooting, and these Lakers fans around us would get so excited because Rondo's <laughs> wide open. I'm like, let him shoot. Yeah, great. <laughs> One for ten. All night, let him shoot. Oh, it was great. Yeah. <sighs> that that team is is rough. Uh the they're like missing Alonzo, even though Alonzo can't shoot to save his life. Right. Yeah. But like they're absolutely missing him. And they there was a stat that like Alonzo's missed like forty games or something, or fifty games or something already almost in his first two seasons. I think it's like forty something. Wow. Wow. Because they were talking thing. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, there there was a stat that when when Lonzo plays, they're like they're forty eight and fifty or something in the last two seasons, mm-hmm. and then the only thing that people could take about that was just how many games he's missed, hmm. because hmm. it's kind of insane. Yeah, it is. But I I was thinking last night, or during the Lakers game, I should say, we didn't play amazing basketball. We played how we usually play. The Lakers were just that bad. I mean, Aiton stepped up. Aiton played, did a little bit more than usual. But Booker with 25, that's like less than his average. Or I guess not less than his average, but it's pretty close to average for Booker. Oubre had 14. He's been putting up bigger numbers than that. Tyler Johnson had six points. Dragon Bender started. 
<laughs> you know, it's yeah. not like we did anything incredible. It's not like some someone came off the bench and was just amazing. Like Bridges had 12, Josh had 16, and was 4 for 10 from the field. Like these are numbers that we've been seeing night in and night out. And we weren't bailed out by three-pointers in this game. That's not why we won. We were 6 for 26 for 23%. It wasn't getting bailed out by lucky shots either. It was right. just uh, the Lakers not playing up to the Suns' poor levels. Right. And one thing that you might have saw this on Twitter that I pointed out, LeBron had the opportunity to bring it to a one-possession game late in the game and missed two free throws. Later on, Tyler Johnson gets the ball, gets fouled, makes both free throws to seal the game. <laughs> And those names aren't reversed. <laughs> LeBron missed. Tyler Johnson made them. Like, that's so weird. LeBron was three for seven from the line. He's had trouble with clutch free throws and just free throws in general all year. And he knows it. It was incredible. And the Lakers fans around us were getting so pumped. And I stood up when LeBron was going to shoot those free throws. And I said, watch. He, I, I said this out loud. I said, LeBron is going to miss both of these. We've seen it so many times this year. And he did. And I was right. And all of the Lakers fans just shut up. It was, oh, it was beautiful. It's funny seeing how excited they could get for LeBron, like, when he walked onto the floor for the first time and the standing ovation from all the Lakers fans in the arena. I you would like, think wow, that LeBron was going on a farewell tour and not yeah, D-Wade. No kidding. Yeah. But then watching them all slowly slump into their chairs at the end when they're the king can't bring him back. It was it was good. It was so and good. And as Suns fans, I feel that we have to tell you guys, me and Mitch made it nearly insufferable for any <laughs> Lakers fan. We did. It was bad. five rows of us. We made it so it was not fun for them to be there. I, I truly do feel kind of bad. I feel, I almost feel bad if... If those were Spurs fans, I'd feel bad, but they were yeah. Lakers fans, so I'd... Right. And we've had the opposite done to us so many times by Lakers fans. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, this one felt good. <laughs> there was I this... I told some of them to get out of my gym. <laughs> nice. There were... I mean, mine. one of my favorite moments was... Okay, so... A lot of people, a lot of Lakers fans, sit where they're not supposed to. They sit, like, way closer to the court because we have a lot of empty seats. It's a well-known fact. So there's some people who usually sit in front of us, and there were other people there. I knew those weren't their seats. The, the, the guys are Lakers fans. They're, they've got their phones out the whole time. They cheer every time LeBron touches the ball, and I, I do my mocking cheer every time. I go, whoa, every time LeBron <laughs> touches the ball. And... <laughs> So these guys get kicked out, and there's some open seats next to us. And I say, come on, you can sit next to us. I know, like, I'm not going to say anything. And they say, oh, someone else is in our seats. Yeah, right, in the 200 level. So I have these guys sit next to us, but they did not want to be next to us. No. And I turned it up another probably 10 to 15% yeah, after, but, they, yeah. after they moved next to us. <laughs> It's our duty. It is. If, if we're going to be in such low numbers at the arena, we have to be very loud to make up for it. That's right. I think we did a good job. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was fantastic, winning some games. And let's talk about the upcoming games, the ones we're going to 
see this week we have the Bucks, the Knicks, the Blazers. I see a winnable game in there. Are we going to get our third win in a little over a week against the Knicks? I don't want to bet on anything. <laughs> Come on, let's be optimistic. We're, we're Especially after game, getting... Guys. We've been killed by the Hawks twice. I mean... We've gotten beat by the Bulls. Like... Yeah, but we beat the Lakers. Oh, I gotta say one more thing about that. Lakers <laughs> We've also game. beaten the Bucks before. Like <laughs> that's true. We yeah. have the Lakers. So the Lakers were fighting for the playoffs, and I think they had like a three percent chance or something to make the playoffs before us. Maybe a little bit lower, but now it's very, very, very unlikely. Yeah. We pretty much just squashed their playoff hopes, and it's possible the Lakers could finish with a worse record than last year. That's music to my ears. That's beautiful. Isn't that amazing? It's beautiful. It's not going to happen, probably, but... When they shut LeBron down? LeBron's not going to get shut down. No. Oh, did you guys see the song that The Ringer put out called Thanks Luke Next? (laughs) It's about all the coaches LeBron has gone through. Oh my gosh. It's really good. We might have to throw that up on the Twitter in the beat LA celebration. We might have going to. On. Yeah. Uh, I, so, but to get back to your question, if we can beat the Knicks, we do only have one day off before the Bucks game and then one day off before the Knicks game. So we don't have too much time to prepare or anything. That's usually when we play really bad is when we have too much time. So mm-hmm. I think the Knicks, that could be a winnable game. And then at Portland and at the Warriors the very next day, that's not looking good. So fun. we might as okay. well just go. We might as well just things. stay home. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I saw something that we should maybe talk about because it's interesting. And I saw this on Reddit on our sons. I don't have it pulled up, so I can't credit it. But this wasn't me that came up with this idea. Do we see Aiton guarding Giannis when we play the Bucks? Why after not? We just saw what he did with LeBron. I LeBron still had a nice game, but it seemed like Aiton did some solid work on him. Does that work against Giannis? Maybe? I think it makes a little more sense for Aiton to guard Giannis than LeBron almost. Giannis is way more explosive right now than LeBron. Yeah. Like, LeBron is still explosive. He's still, like, a top athlete in the NBA, but Giannis might be, like, the top athlete in the NBA right now. He's scary. I think so. I think he's scary. After after seeing us beat the Lakers, I think Giannis is the best player in the league right now. Oh wow. Well what Joel Clear Embiid MVP. just said Joel Embiid just said today, I think it was, that he thinks it's Kevin Durant and it's not close. Well, Durant yeah. Durant's up there. Durant might even be better than LeBron. It might be Giannis and Durant both better than him. That's fair. I think it's Giannis. I think Giannis is... Giannis, what, even if he shot, like... He's shooting at, like, 62% from the field, isn't he? Or something dumb like that? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Josh Jackson doesn't even make 62% of his dunks. <laughs> I know. Oh, he's, he's had some tough breaks lately. But well, that one-handed oop was oh, that legitimate. Was nice. Amazing. That was, cool. that was really cool. Okay, I think we're... 
finished off, and this is where it gets passed over to Mitch. Yes. Time for my favorite section of the show, the non-sports section of the show. We need to get a sponsor or something for this. I feel Sponsored like I by no one. Like Wait. The, the American National Insurance non-sports section. <laughs> or, like, or like, sponsored by homies. You remember those things you got out of the crank machine? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that might be a fitting sponsor for the non-sports. <laughs> That's a pretty great one. <laughs> or Lasco space heaters. Lasco, I think they do fans as we've well. We've pimped them out before. Yeah. yeah. Temperature control products. Anyway, the non-sports question for this week comes from friend of the show, Josh. Josh Cran or at Josh Cran on Twitter. Um, you know, the man who needs no introduction but still gets an introduction. He he read the Harry Potter audiobooks over the summer, all seven of the books. It's really impressive. Hold on. He read the audiobooks? <laughs> he, well, he listened to them. <laughs> he listened to the Harry Potter audiobooks. He said he walked his dogs today. So, for a little bit of context, this is usually behind the Patreon paywall, yeah. but we'll give a little bit of context this week. We gave Josh a call before we started recording, and, you know, he said he's rewatching Game of Thrones. Good for him. Good he walked his dog today. I think he said he even went to the grocery store. Sounds like he was really productive. That's a big day. I know. But we gave him a call, and we just said, do you have any anything that you would like to hear from us in the non-sports section and he said he asked have you ever talked about if cereal is soup it's an age-old discussion but we haven't so that's the question is cereal soup you know i like this because we've flirted with this topic numerous times Mm -hmm. with our hot dog sandwiches um if gum is candy if gum is candy if water has flavor, mm-hmm. I like where we go with this, but I'm going to have to say no. It's not soup. And it's not only because of this, because I know there are cold soups, but if it's soup, it's got, it, 95% of the time it's hot soup. So I'm not ready to throw cereal in as a soup. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm trying to think of what... Like, what soup is cold? Am I just like Borscht. being in that like, what? Gazpacho. Uh huh. Yep. Is that a soup? Okay, that's, yeah, that's fair. Well, I I think it's in my head cereal is too cold to be a too soup. Cold. You would too cold. It's too cold to be a soup. Okay. And you know, I'm in with the oatmeal being cereal or whatever. Uh, it's a hot cereal. I get that, but. I don't think that makes oatmeal a soup either. It's its own thing. Oatmeal may be more of a stew. <laughs> That's. I think that should be the real question. Not is cereal soup. <laughs> is, is oatmeal, oatmeal stew? stew? Okay, so let me quickly give my response. But I want to get into this one. <laughs> cereal, cereal is not soup. Simply because the liquid is not necessarily a, a requirement. You can eat cereal plain, eh, you know. You can eat beef and vegetables. Plain. Right, but beef and vegetables isn't soup. It, you you need beef the broth. Beef and vegetable soup. Right, but you need the broth. Cereal. If it's if it's not like if it doesn't have the soup part of it, it's just like an Asian dish. Or it's just beef and whatever. vegetables. Yeah, I'm just, but like cereal itself, like yes, usually you have cereal with milk, but it's not a requirement. So the fact that you can say cereal with milk, I think, makes it not a soup. Have you ever milked an almond? 
I never have. No? Yes. I, don't know how they do that. No. I have. Oh. I made all the milk. The show. Yeah. <laughs> You've made your own milk? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> okay, I've I got don't want Okay, but. <laughs> is, is oatmeal stew? I like this. <laughs> how do we define stew now? Thick soup. Yeah. And oatmeal is pretty thick. Depending on how you make it, I guess. But is oatmeal a porridge? Is porridge a stew? I don't know enough about porridge mm. to be able to yeah, answer that's that. It's kind of old-fashioned, even for me. What about cream of wheat? Cream of wheat. See, I was trying to put together like a shredded uh, wheat cereal. Mm. I'm trying to think. Frosted mini wheats. Like yeah, yeah, something like that. Can you? I don't know. It, it feels like you're just putting. Cereal is like croutons and soup. We might need to cut this out because I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lean that oatmeal is not stew. But I could be convinced otherwise, I feel like. I think a stew has to have meat of some sort. Could you put meat in oatmeal then? To make no, you would not. Cereal. You would not put meat in cereal, but a cere- but a soup doesn't but have to have you meat wouldn't. either. One wouldn't, but if you did, what if you put chopped bacon into a cinnamon maple? Oil? No, there you go. That's not I a thing. I think that'd be alright. That wouldn't. It's not necessarily a thing, but it wouldn't be that bad. That might have to go to the test kitchen. We, I might need to try that. And that out. might be a stew, a breakfast. I, stew. I hate this. I hate this a lot. <laughs> Okay, this is what we were shooting for. We wanted to da- David to hate this before we ended the show, so we're going to do it. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, two big wins this week. It was fantastic. Check us out on social media, at SunnyandPHXPod. That's Twitter and Instagram. Booyah. Go Suns. Are you-